You're listening to The Roofer Report. Tune in for exclusive interviews with roofing experts and insights from leaders who walk the walk. Grow with Roofer and your host, Pete McKendrick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Roofer Report. I'm your host, Pete McKendrick. And I'm going to shift gears a little bit here today. We, we, we've been talking about a lot of things. We had our, our CEO, Richie, on here earlier this year, talking about kind of trends in the industry and what we have going on with our product. But one of the things we wanted to do, what we found uh, it, last year traveling a lot and doing our, our Roofer Rise Roadshow was that there are some incredible stories out there in the industry with the roofers themselves. The more and more roofers that we've met along the way and had the opportunity to talk with and, and get to know, there's just some really good stories out there of how folks got into the industry and, and what they've been able to do uh, since they've come into the roofing industry. So what we're going to do for 2024 is a little bit different. We're going to focus on a roofer every month here and, and showcase somebody. And so our roofer of the month for March is Joe Andrews. So welcome, Joe. Thanks. Glad to have you on the and uh, give you a little, I'll give you a, a minute here to introduce yourself and, and the business and let us know what you guys got going on. Sounds good. My name is Joseph Andrews, owner of Mastercraft Roofing. This is our second year of business. Uh, last year we did $7.5 million in business. A little background on us or background on me. I've been in the construction industry since I was about 12, 13, being a, a tool boy, a digger, all that stuff. And then as time grew on, I worked for, I tore off my first roof at 13, went through the roof, pretty much got fired on the job for playing on top of the, the lady's roof. About 14, 15, I started working for uh, my cousin as a general contractor. And I just, in the trade, I, I learned like everything had to be perfect. All your cuts had to be perfect. It was, it was top quality and we would do a phenomenal job. And towards the end of it, it was uh, the customers would be super excited, man, this is amazing product, but the colors don't match or why, why are the floors so loud? We could hear our kids running. And then I'd hear my cousin say, if you would have upgraded the underlayment, you wouldn't hear the noise <laughs> or I, yeah, I knew the color wasn't going to match. And I'm, uh, and the, so the people just watching like their, their emotions just go from super excited because it looked perfect, but they weren't happy with the final product and, but they would still refer them out. And so I would try to tell them like, Hey man, why don't you let me talk to customers at this? I dropped out of school and, and started full-time into construction. After that, it was a, what, about 2000, 2004. I ended up, I was working in the industry and my buddy calls me and says, he was like, how much you make a year? And so I told him and he says, what if I told you, you could sell one house a year and make what you're making a year swinging a hammer? And I said, I don't have the clothes. I don't have anything. And sure enough, he, he says, just come see me to, in about a week. And so I come down, I meet him and the guy buys me Versace suits and all this stuff. And he's part of the real estate boom at the time. And I didn't really know anybody that could buy a house. And so I sat there and I was talking to one of the other reps and I kept hearing him answer the phone every day, sold, sold, sold. I said, man, what are you making? When he told me. And I said, what did you do before this to get involved in this line of industry? He was like, oh, I was the best car sales rep you could ever meet. And I said, what, <laughs> what did you make during that? When he told me. And so uh, on the way home, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go try to sell cars. I need to make some money. And I'm like a, a early 20s at the time and moving out of my hometown and all that stuff. And I got into car sales and I would see like how the sleazy car sales guys were. Hey, come back tomorrow. We'll give you a free set of keys. Come back tomorrow. We'll give you doormats or floor mats or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they never do it. And it was just, it was wild how they would lie. And the internet wasn't really out at the time. And so nobody's reviews would stick or anything. They would buy the reviews back. 
And so I just wanted to be different, man. And, and I, I ended up uh, quickly becoming number one in the dealership my second month there. I got sales, met, sales rep of the year. My customer satisfaction was like perfect. I didn't need to lie to somebody to sell them something when everybody was just extremely happy. And General Motors ended up doing like a secret shopping on me at, at the time. And I didn't bribe them with, hey, come back for a free oil change or, or whatnot. <laughs> and so they had me training dealerships in the Central Valley wow. and stuff out on, hey, this is customer satisfaction. This is how you really treat people. Because obviously the dealership's money is tied into the manufacturer off of customer satisfaction. And it's against a lot of bribe people for that stuff. <laughs> so the economy crashed. I didn't know what to do at that point. So I bounced around from security and I was really good at security for, for talking to people off the cliff from fights and stuff like that at a bar. And then I, I got into door-to-door sales for Comcast. And I literally crushed records on that. And I just love talking to people and understanding how uh, somebody's brain worked. And I, I knew which route I could take with the conversation that was going to mess them up or not. And so I ended up going from there into solar door as a, as a closer for a solar company. And so I really liked that. And I worked for one of the big companies that's still around today towards the end because the, the company I started with was one of the really high priced, high pressure close. And when I started at the second company, it was like the first, I landed a bunch of projects and then all of a sudden the rain came and every single one of them's leaking. I said, like, this is horrible. I can't put my name on this. You know? <laughs> and they wouldn't send somebody out to fix the leak or anything. And, and I've always felt an attachment to somebody. If I sit down at your table and I give you my word, hey, don't, put your trust in me. If my company's not going to back it up, I'm going to drop doing whatever I'm doing at that moment to go out there and back it up myself, even if I'm just a sales rep. And so uh, I left that company and started for a whole home improvement company. And um, we were very competitive at the time and pricing. It was a hard close company and a one call close company, should I say. And I broke company records there, uh, number one in the whole company out of 50 something reps. First year there, second year there, I got it again. But the owner started getting really greedy and, hey, roofing prices went up. And so instead of roofing prices going up 10, 15 bucks a square, it went up six, $700 a square. And so we <laughs> went from $600 a square to 1200 to 1300 to $1,400 a square. And this is back in 2007. And I just, I, I couldn't see that. My, my clients weren't happy because our solar guys would, would show up on the job site, break a bunch of stuff, leave their razor blades <laughs> all over the place. It was just a complete disaster. Um, and so one of the guys that was uh, roofing at the time for us, a phenomenal, phenomenal man, Lorenzo. And I called him out on my mother's house and I was like, hey man, let me ask you a question. What would you charge me for my mom's house, my mother-in-law's house to, to get re-roofed? And when he, he was gonna do it anyways. And so when he told me, I said, man, why don't you let me join your company and go direct to consumer? It's something I've always wanted to do. I, I've had no education in it. I've had never the position, period. Like, something I want to try. I, I believe I could do it. And we started off with nothing in 2018. And I just shadowed him every single day, nonstop. And I learned and I just kept absorbing everything in 2018. By 2019, it was probably eight months later, we already made a name for ourselves, even though the company's name was horrible. The company's name was Anbe Roofing, A-N-B-E Roofing. It made no <laughs> sense at all. I would crack the jokes when I went out to people's house. They were, what in the world is that name? Oh, you know, 
name's Andrews. My my fiance's last name's Bergman at the time. And, and so I would tell them, <laughs> they would crack up and I would tell them, our service is phenomenal. Our name's pretty stupid, but don't worry about it. <laughs> and man, we just kept growing. And next thing you know, I noticed the relationship with the installers. And, and that was a big thing. Like a lot of sales reps don't have a relationship with the installers. The installers hate the sales reps. The sales reps hate the installers. <laughs> and, and it's just a big fight. The sales reps over promise and, and the installers are pissed off about, excuse my language. Uh, <laughs> And, and so I ended up connecting with the guys and, and, and realizing like, hey, man, they're sitting on the job not getting paid for this or whatever the case. I, I'd buy them food and, and I created like a, a family with them. If I was on the job site, hey, this, can we fix this little line right here or can we do that? And from there, the company, just the reviews kept flying in over and over and over. Um, I didn't have a marketing budget at the time. And I'm getting the company up to $7 million within three years. And that's just off of referrals, word of mouth. And it's all direct to consumer, no financing offered, nothing. Where all the other companies said it wasn't possible, you know. <laughs> and we hit master, master Elite through GAF. We hit Mark of Excellence, Triple Mark of Excellence, President's Club, like back on, back on, back. And I ended up, I pretty much got out of solar at the time when I was doing that. And from there, we ended up, I was one of the big tech companies reached out for a re-roof project. And at the time, GAF was offering, at this was at the time I actually met Richie. Richie was sending us a message and it was right when GAF created their, their measuring tool. And Richie says, hey man, I'm starting this stuff up and, and I'm curious, would you be interested on drone pictures and creating your own measurements? And at the time, it, I didn't have time for it. I'm a, I'm a sales rep. I'm a general manager. I'm a production <laughs> manager, just all over the place and, and commuting two hours each way to go to work. And so I just told him, I, I don't have enough time for it right now. And, and so was, we'll go back to that one. And so <laughs> as time went on, me and the active owner of the company went to buy into the company. We were going to take over the company, just me and him. The silent owner says, hey, buy me out. I want to move. No problem. Sold my house, prepared for everything, and the guy pretty much stole all the money and ran. Burned all oh. the employees, burned all the suppliers, burned burned everybody. And at the oh, time, I, was, I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm completely out of money. The attorney's like, hey, we could possibly save it by this or that, all these different things. And the attorney looks at me. He's like, man, you, you built their company. Why don't you build your own? It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know how. And he goes, grabs his computer. He's this grumpy old man. He sets his computer down. He starts typing. He says, what do you want to name it? And I'm looking around. I probably shouldn't say this on the, on the podcast. <laughs> Mastercraft Boating, if you're listening, don't. <laughs> I kept coming up with name after name after name. And I just, I couldn't find anything, man. It was, it was rough. It was like, I, I'd come up with the name, taken, taken, taken. Yeah. And so we just got through buying a Mastercraft boat and love the boat. And, and so I'm looking at uh, the hat Mastercraft that kind of, that kind of has a little heat to it. And so we came up with, I said, Mastercraft roof. And he's like, that's got to be taken. And he starts typing it in. He's oh, matter of fact, it's available. So we <laughs> launched it there. And nice. at that time he says, listen, here's your time to take all the good contracts and just it, just it, take all the good contracts from the company and, and move forward. But all the bad contracts were the guy, the guy would call customers and say, hey, we need your material payment now, even though the material wasn't due. But people were panicking. Hey, OK, we want to get our project installed. So they would pay their material or whatever the case. And he took all the money and split. Wow. And there was nothing at all we could do about it. Like we, he locked us out of our emails, 
our, our, we had Job Nimbus at the time and they locked <laughs> us out of Job Nimbus and we couldn't call people to say, Hey, listen, don't give them money. Don't do this. Don't do that. And so he says, all the bad contracts you want to leave behind. And I looked at him. I was like, Mark, listen, man, it, it, my name's on the line here. If I'm taking the good, I'm taking the bad. I said, he's, he's like, you'll be out of business in six months. I said, if I go out of business in six months and at least clear my name in the industry, I'm fine. I, I could go get another job somewhere else and keep going. And he's like, suit yourself. <laughs> and so we, we launched the company. I install roofs for just massive. I, I'm running the credit card just for materials, Pacific supply, going back to it. They ended yeah. up, uh, we had an account with them. Instead of them giving me the account pricing, they charged me full retail on all my material. And, uh, <laughs> oh, we'll give it to you a credit on your next one. And so it was like my first four jobs. I completely lost money on it um, at the time because we lost all our money in the house and all that stuff. It was, we didn't really know what was gonna happen with our living situation. And so we, when we moved into our place, we paid six months in advance rent. And now the seventh month is due. We just finished our first roof. And if I take a check from the customer, I, it's going to be a 14 day hold. What do we do? And so I said, listen, I, I'll pay, I'll cover your, I'll, I'll cover the credit card fees. Just go ahead and pay it. And, and <laughs> so I could get the money right away so I could pay my yeah. rent and live another month. And I got four kids at the time. And so sure enough, next thing we, we collect the money. And hurry up, pay my rent. And then we started to panic a little bit, but all the projects started flying in from us installing a roof that were $15,000 negative in. That lady's like, I cannot believe. She knew the whole story. She filed a claim yeah. against the guy's bond and everything. And I would sit at people's tables with them and try to explain everything, just bawling my eyes out. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. And I see you know, a, a wife holding a baby or, or talking to somebody on the phone and you hear the baby crying in the background and they're like, Hey, Joe, when, when's our project going to start? Hmm. I didn't have the heart to tell them, Hey, listen, your money was just stolen. Nothing could happen out of this. And so, yeah, the, just the relationships I made with keeping my word and moving forward with their project and, and installing it just completely ignited me in the industry. When we launched, it was review after review was coming in and they were all organic. I did not ask anybody for a review. I never asked somebody, hey, can you give me a five-star review? It's, I want something honest at that point. Hey, Joe, where should I give you a review? I let them know, I, I, I'm not guiding you for anything, period. But we launched from there, we, we actually, there was issues because we were installing a solar and roof combo kit with, it was called DecoTech. And so some of the employees, some of their friends, we installed their roof and now liens are getting popped on their house from that old company. And so when we started Mastercraft, I worked with a supplier getting the liens removed. I paid off material that I wasn't making a penny off of. And so it saved our relationship with GAF at the time. And so our bond became really, really close. We ended up landing the world's largest deco tech system installed. It made it in 13 different magazines. We started helping them with research and development on on the Timberline Solar. We did the very first Timberline Solar install. And it's it was like crazy because coming from my background, coming from everything, I'm sitting here thinking at nights, man, I got this relationship with one of the world's largest roofing manufacturers. And what's I could call like any I call her CEO in the middle of the night. Hey man, this is going on. And so it was just wild. Um and as we grew, next thing you know, we started creating a bond with certain teed. We started creating a bond with Malarkey. We, we created a bond with Brava. So we started just master certified here, master certified there. How I, I incentivize my guys to find problems with material. When they're in the middle of the install, if they find some 
uh, bad material. I, I'll pay them hourly, no problems. Sit there, let me get a hold of the manufacturer, let me figure it out. And so the quality of their work was, they knew they weren't going to get screwed on pay. Right. And the manufacturers really liked it. And so yeah. at this point, the re, what do you, what, like their uh, R&D team would reach out, hey, wh what do you think we should do with this? What do you think we should do with that? And so from the last company, we were trying to use one of your competitors and I, I could not get with any online proposal tool. I, I'm horrible when it comes to technology. Horrible, <laughs> horrible. I'm so lost on technology. And so we tried to use several different proposal tools at the time and I couldn't get any of them under control. I said, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to handwrite. I still, to this day, handwrite everything in my calendar of where I'm going. And then I would handwrite proposals. It was, I, I was becoming a dinosaur fast. <laughs> and, uh, so when we started a uh, mastercraft, it was, I didn't want to go down that route. My wife's helping me at the company. Now we have uh, a lot of close friends that are working for the company and, and we pretty much consider family. All, most of them are old employees of Anby. And so when I reached out to Richie, I, I was going through, I said, man, I remember this. I seen Roofer and I remembered the drone photos and I was like, you know what, let me reach out to him and see if he's got anything like that. And then it was right when you guys were in beta. And so we helped you guys a little nice. bit with beta. And so that's nice. what helped launch us. And it was it literally... Our first year in business, we did three and a half million. And then with the roofer tool, it, it completely like it was blowing, it blowing people away. They would see our proposal tool. It was, we put a picture of my family on there with a little story of it. Yeah. And just the feedback we were getting was amazing. And, and we started noticing it was like deals closing overnight, overnight. And so we just kept growing and growing and growing. And, and last year you got, with you guys, it pretty much doubled our production from the year before. And we didn't really do anything different except go with the, with the proposal tool. And it was easy for me to use. I could go on and edit stuff. And uh, yeah, so that's how we are here today. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really interesting. And what I think is really good is like we, it's funny, we, over the course of rise, we had a speaker, Ben Morrow, <clears throat> you probably know if you've seen him online, he owns roof tiger, right? Great branding. He's ever tiger striped everything. But one of the things that he does is he talks about how people don't trust contractors, right? Like the homeowners don't trust contractors. And the theme through you talking about like all these jobs that you did is that you developed trust, right? Like you, you leaned hard on the trust factor rather than like, like you said, even in the used car sales section of, of, of your life there, you didn't have to lie about to sell somebody a product. And I think it goes so far. And I think it's a, a part that's drastically overlooked. And I think even you talking about, there's obviously the debate of like, hey, do we bring our installation crews in-house? Do we, do we subcontract out? And there's this trust factor between the sales and the installation that never really like lines up. And so I think that that's probably like, as you were telling your story there, like the biggest theme that I found is like, you've really leaned hard on the like, hey, let's build this trust with everybody and it'll take, the rest will come. Like the, the success will come from that if people trust us and people believe in us all the way up to the relationship with GAF, right? Like obviously GAF, a huge company dealing with a lot of contractors could, could probably have given that job to any number of people in your area, but they trusted you with it. And I think that that, that goes a long way. Right. And I think that with your homeowners, especially it's obviously something that you guys have leaned heavy on. Right. Yeah. 
It definitely is. What are the when I'm training the new hires and the sales reps and even the installers? So I pay the installers a bonus at the end of the day. After you've you've been paid for your job, I I'm going to pay you extra to get off the job and walk around and make sure all your nails are perfect, all the ridge caps are straight. When it, if something's wrong, they know I'll pay them to go back and fix it. It's no problem. If it becomes a problem multiple times, right. actually. <laughs> Sure. I, I tell all of them, my installers, hey, imagine this is your mom's house. Imagine this is your grandma's house. Like how, how perfect would you do this roof right now? The install, the sales reps, I let them know, hey, at the end of the day, treat this as if it's your mom or your grandma. Hopefully you like your mom or grandma. But <laughs> <laughs> some people might install it crooked. But, yeah, right. Uh, might do it on purpose, right? <laughs> right. I, I explained to them, hey, look, go like we have like a little checklist of, of the stuff I want my reps to do. And if I don't care if my reps doing two, three, four million dollars a year, if that guy is not following through with everything or he's lying to a customer, that's like the fastest way I'm going to get rid of somebody. I, I, I want it to be sincere. I don't really care if I lose money on a project, if we made a mistake to make it right with the client, period. Plain and simple. I, I got some horror stories, but it's just, you go out, you make sure it's the right color. You make sure all these different things, spend that time making sure this is a project. I, I go back to the auto industry, but you'll have somebody coming in and looking for a vehicle and the sales reps trying to push them to a car because it has more profit in it versus, yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm going to win some, I'm going to lose some there. There's a chance I could, they walk by the car and they fall in love with it, but finding the right car for them, whether you're going to make a hundred dollars or $10,000, it doesn't matter. Just find the right car for them. Yeah. You keep doing the right thing. It's eventually going to come to where your job gets easier and easier. And so it's the same thing with that. I, I, I had horrible experiences uh, when we bought a pool in 2018. And from that horrible experience of buying the pool and not being told everything and at the end, just looking at it and, and defeat and just knowing like, Hey, I learned something from it. So it was an expensive uh, <laughs> lesson. lesson for me at that moment of, yeah. I don't want my customer to ever feel this way, period. And, and so it's, it's helped really organically grow. So our, our average customer acquisition right now is about $6. We spend zero on marketing. The only thing we will spend money on really, as far as marketing is like branding our company. We have really nice, like, like the waterproof hats with the uh, PVC patches. Well, we can show them like, Hey, this is the material your roof's going to be made out of stuff like that. Um, <laughs> our, our, our logos and stuff we have on all our shirts. We have this little slogan. It says big or small, we nail them all. So it's a little <laughs> on the edge, but a lot of people love it, man. And, and, and. So yeah, we just organically grew the company where nobody believes it when we tell them, Hey, we did this number. Oh, what'd you spend on marketing? 200,000, 300. Nope. Uh, I, I don't need to do that. It's all organic referrals, word of mouth. And, and it just trips people out. You could grow something, but if you treat the person right, it's going to automatically grow. Yeah. Hey, I mean, we, we literally had a conversation about this, not that long in house at, at roofer about how the number one converting lead for a roofer is always going to be the referral, right? Mm -hmm. That word of mouth is the best marketing you could possibly have. And the best way to feed that is by offering this world-class experience to the customer, right? And it's your reputation. Like you said, right. it's better to 
potentially lose money on a job and recover your reputation than to just go out there looking to make a profit every time, because ultimately that's going to be where the majority of your business is going to come from. And in today's day and age, it can definitely work negatively against you as well, right? Like if your reputation goes in the crapper because of a couple of bad jobs, the internet has made it very easy for me to spread the word now. And like you said, back in the day, there were, there weren't reviews like there is today. It's so easy for me to, to drop a review on your, your Google or your Facebook that could be very detrimental to your business, just as easy as it is for me to refer you to somebody. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's interesting because we, we just literally have had a conversation about this just a couple of weeks ago in house about how you offering using tools like roofer or, or some of the other things that are in the industry now to help supplement this world-class experience for the customer can be can pay huge dividends to you because it's like you said, you're not, you guys are relying so heavily on that referral, right? So you want to want to make sure that you're offering every customer the best experience they could possibly have. Right. It's uh, so it's weird. Like I, like I said, I, as crazy as it sounds, I, I pretty much stopped going to school, stopped passing grades uh, from third grade on. I got straight F's and I was never in school. I, I literally slept through school and I, I probably, I was constantly every year in principal's office for missing too much and having, I pretty, I dropped out at a young age. Just, I couldn't, I could not learn in school period, no matter what I wanted to be out. You could sit there and tell me how to take apart a TV when I was in kindergarten and I would learn how to take apart the TV, put it back together. But I hated school. I just could not, I, I couldn't understand. Why do you want me to know who the president is if I want to go flip burgers <laughs> for a living? But when I was growing up, I, I would notice like, we knew every single one of our neighbors back then. We knew every single one of them. People owned houses yeah. for a long time. They weren't constantly flipping homes. And so if, if Peter across the street was getting his roof done, everybody in the neighborhood knew who was doing the roof, right. how much they were paying. If they seen paint buckets in front of the house, everybody would walk into the house. Hey, man, you paint the house? Who are you? How much are you charging? So everybody knew that word of mouth was huge. Yeah. When the tech industry started really booming, 90, I would say like 92, 90 or nine, 90, yeah, about 92, 93, 94 era, a lot of the houses started fi uh, flipping really, really fast at that point. And yeah. so now the whole neighborhood's changing. Now neighbors aren't talking to each other anymore. And at that point, it was word of mouth went out the drain at that. And then it was really directed toward you have to market at this point. There's no matter what you need billboards, you need to blow your name up in order for people to know who you are, because they're not going to see you working on the neighbor's house. They're not going to care. They're not even going to go with you because they want to pick their own. And so I watched it go from that all the way 2016, 17, 18, when I was in Comcast, all the rest of the stuff, nobody, we'd ask them, hey, which one of your neighbors is next or whatever. And, and I don't know who that is. They just moved in two weeks ago. They just sold their house. COVID hit and it completely stopped like it was a waste of money to put your ad on Facebook at that point. It was a, a complete waste of money to put it on a commercial. We have DVRs. We're going to, we're going to fast forward through it. The only yeah. commercials we're really going to watch is the Super Bowl commercial now. <laughs> so we literally reset and went back to what it was in the eighties and the nine and the early nineties. So that yeah. COVID hit now your neighbors, now people interest rates are high. They're not moving. And yeah. it's, well, now the neighbors know each other. They're talking to each other. They're, they're, they're friends. And so now when you do a project, I can't tell you how many projects where we're doing uh, three houses in a row, two houses in a row, stuff like that, because now they're connected again in kind of the old school fashion. People are working from home. Their, their kids are playing together now again.
And so yeah. it's been a weird transition when COVID hit, even though we're online now, now when COVID hit, we created all these little groups next door, all the, like next door was out, but a lot of people didn't really use it, but a lot of people are using next door now. And so that's yeah. their little friend group. When you look at like Facebook groups, WhatsApp, I, I went to a lady's house the other day and she goes, let, let me, let me text my friend real fast. One of our neighbors, I was, why are you on WhatsApp? And she goes, oh, all the Indians in this area, we're all on WhatsApp. And, and that's how we huh. communicate with each other. So they have their own little group, but it's almost yeah. every place in the Bay Area where you go, they have their own little group. And, and so like a yard sign, we use yard signs too, but kind of like the yard sign is now I don't want... I, I don't really use Google. I, I think I have one. I, I've never even set up my Google review. I, I've tried a couple <laughs> times and I said, forget it. But from somebody like uh, when you go above and beyond for a client and that person's on next door and they see somebody that says, hey, we need a roof. Hey, you call Joe, Mastercraft Roof. And this guy came out. He took the extra mile. That's that word of mouth that, that that's just growing like a wildfire. I think we have something like 58 reviews of people mentioning our name right in just, just a little pocket in Almaden of San Jose. And so, but yeah, go, transitioning with the with the industry like that. And it's weird just because I, I sit back, I, I, I was talking to Gaff about solar. Hey, I think solar is going to collapse in California right now with with kind of what's going on. It's it's going to stop for about a good year or not. No, 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 it's not going to do that. We have, we have this wave coming. And so it's, I don't know, I, I guess I just spend too much time just like overthinking everything on that stuff, but <laughs> most of the time it pans out pretty good. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting because I often talk about how I live in a small town in New Jersey and we have like that, like you said, we have a, there's a Facebook page for the town. It's essentially like a community Facebook page and it's where everyone goes. If they need, I need a painter or I need a roofer to do a repair. I'm asking in there and there's uh, one guy who gets suggested usually the most. I know I could say he's done probably four or five houses on my street alone, right? Because of that, because he's just getting referred by the neighbors. And it's like you said, it's gone back to the old way of doing things a bit. Yeah, we're doing it digitally, but we are still like sharing that information with our neighbors. We have another user on, on Roofer, Amanda Vinat from up in upstate New, Northern New Jersey. She's she uses a Facebook group that's a women's Facebook group for moms. And she became like, she got her name out in that group. It has like a ton of members. I think she actually helped build the Facebook group. And then she uses that to push her business a little bit. And now it just organically has grown inside that group. Just people suggesting her inside the group. There's lots of ways to do the referral and the word of mouth now. And it, it's interesting to see how, we've, like you said, we've transitioned back to the old way of doing things, even though we're, do, we're using a, a digital way to do it where it's more of an old school spreading of the word than it than the TV commercial or the billboard nowadays. So talk about a little bit about the future for you guys. What are you guys looking to do here moving forward in over the next couple of years with with your company? How how much are you guys looking to grow? How many people do you guys actually have on staff now? So right now we're up to twenty seven full time or twenty eight full time employees and we're up to so we sub out all our gutters and we sub out tear off. And then we have the one, two, three, four, five. All your installers are in-house. Yeah, all our installers are in-house. We had one crew that we would sub stuff out to if it was out of town. So we cover a crazy area. Are, are you familiar with California? Not much. <laughs> a little uh, bit. Not much. We're central California where, where I live. And my company's the Bay Area, San Francisco area. 
Okay. And the Tahoe is probably a three and a half, four, or no, I'm going to say probably a six, seven hour drive from San Jose. And so okay. we just finished a roof in Tahoe, seven hours away. Oh, wow. I paid guys to go on vacation. So we cover like a, like a wide, wide area or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a big it, territory. Yeah. Right. So sometimes we, we try to branch out and do a sub and I didn't, I don't want somebody paid off of, Hey, you got to hurry up and do it faster. Like we pay piecework to a degree. We pay a really high piecework, but we also throw in hours and, and bonuses in there. So we pay our guys a little better than, than, than most companies around, but switching back to what, what, what our goals were for the first time, I've never had to do insurance work in my life. I, every time I tried to, a, a tree came down in Boulder Creek, a little city up here that's up in the Hills. And the lady wanted me to help her with a quote. And so I wrote the quote for like, Hey, this is the system I'm going to sell. And, and insurance denied pretty much all of it and said, Oh no, we, we won't do that. We want to use this cheap material. We want to use that cheap material. And I, I, it doesn't make sense. Why would I charge you extra to use garbage material? You know, you're yeah. getting updated for, for less money than you're paying. And the lady's like, yeah, no, we're done. I said, how do you expect me to make a profit off it? And the lady was like, we don't, we're not worried about profit or overhead or anything like that. So I couldn't fully comprehend it. I, screw, screw insurance. And so GAF actually reached out to me, my, my rep, Sean, and he says, Hey man, you ever thought about getting into insurance? And this is when we were scaling down the company last year in uh, January, February, we were worried, Hey man, we're slowing down big time. What, we might have to start letting some guys go. I think we were at 16 employees at that time. And he says, Oh man, we got some bad storms coming. We're going to have a lot of insurance work. I said, Sean, I'm not doing that crap. Said, no, it's too much work, not enough pay. I'm just going to keep it going this way. And he's like, I think you really need to listen to somebody. And so I sat down and talked to this guy and he was one of those slick tongue guys. He was super fast talking, but something intrigued me about it when he was saying, I'm in Arizona doing $20 million a year. And I've only been in business X amount of years, but there's a lot of insurance work. I'm the only insurance guy out here. And I said, yeah, but like, what kind of insurance work am I going to do? A tree falling down? Like, I don't want to work in the hills. And he says, no, no, man, go for, look for wind. I said, we have like 25 mile an hour winds. And so uh, <laughs> about three weeks later, we get hit with a hundred mile an hour wind. And it literally, as I'm driving down the road, I'm watching a roof fly off, another roof fly off. <laughs> and, uh, so GAF hired like um, a big attorney that would overlook one of the large insurance companies policies and say, Hey, this state has this, or this state has that. And so I completely jumped into insurance work at that point. And I started learning, learning the laws here and all the different stuff. And all of a sudden it, it catapulted. I probably did a million and a half in insurance work last year alone, my first year doing it. And, and so it's just completely, we're going to, I'm, I'm directing like I'm with, with that happening. And now we just got hit with the more wins. I'm yep. this year, I'm building an insurance team and, and doing that of, Hey, listen, you're going to do a lot of insurance and, and, and focus mainly on that. What I want is a specialist in each category. I don't want to try to have the Jack of all trades, something like that, but I'm bringing uh, next week. I have an insurance guy coming in from Utah. That's, that's going to help lead the, the, the insurance industry, the insurance side of everything. But yeah, it's just, uh, we're going with that. What else? I'm wanting to open another branch. I don't know if that would be possible this year or what. Um, 
because I commute so far. Other goals we have this year, obviously I want to crush last year's goals. Eventually I want to work up to possibly buying another uh, like company vehicle. I want to brand all my, my installers with like one of those little Mavericks or something, just something. Uh, have you seen, have you seen the little Ford Maverick uh, trucks? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So getting some guys like little trucks just to have my name all over the place, wrap some vehicles and, and just uh, kind of market, spend my marketing allowance on that. And other than that, let's see here. We are this year, we're doing uh, the first install for Euroshield in, in Northern California. We just, we did the first install for F wave. So yeah, just, just growing at that route. I, I need, that's about all I can think of for this year. Start the nice. start the insurance. Start the a little bit more on the the branding, and try to try to expand out and grow. I like it. Yeah, I think the the focus on the branding is a is a big one, right? Like like you said, I think there's some specific ways you can spend your marketing dollars. Like you, some of these guys think you, hey, I go all in on Facebook ads and things like that. But we we often talk about becoming that neighborhood roofer. We call it right? Like becoming that recognizable brand, right? We want people to see the truck and that the light bulb goes off the next time they need a roof and smart, smart use. And, and I find it really interesting that you guys have gone all in to bring all of your installers, the majority of your installs in, in-house. What I've noticed is that it seems like the companies that seem to grow the fastest are the companies that do that and bring their guys in-house and are able to build that relationship with their installers and they have that trust. They have that, like you talked about, that level of detail. You guys, your guys know they're going to get taken care of if they go the extra mile and make sure the job is done right. And I think that goes a long way. And a number of the companies that I've seen that have grown to a decent, to making good money in a, in a very short amount of time seem to all have that in common. So it's interesting that you guys have gone that route and that you're finding success with it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Well, one of the big things with our installers, so, so like, uh, again, we have a boat and, and so we'll take the crews out. And again, I look at them as like family. I'll go on vacation with my installers. Uh, we took our cleanup guy. We took him and his family to, to, to Tahoe, uh, Reno. We took him to Reno, paid for his, his family stuff. It just showed me, Hey man, we appreciate you. Like he's, he's sick right now going through heart problems. And I, it's at that point, I feel for his family at that point, we bought him, took care of him pretty much. And but all our employees are like that. We look at them as family and, and, and we treat them as family. And so it's really, they, they take really good care of us. I don't know if you've ever heard of a motivational singer or a speaker. When I got into car sales, the, the biggest one, everybody was wanting, oh, hey, uh, listen to this guy. And I don't, I don't know if those guys will ever listen to this. So I don't want to really bash them <laughs> about their stuff, but it was like a high pressure. Oh, blah, 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 fast talking. Oh, look at me. I'm making all this money. And then yeah. there was a guy named Zig Ziglar. And so he was just an old mellow guy, but it was like a kind of a heart from the heart sales motivation guy. And one of the biggest things he said that's always stuck with me was you help enough people get to go uh, get to where they're going. You're going to get to where you're going faster. And, and that's something I've always lived by taking care of that. And so that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting I because uh, I talked to a, a good friends with a contractor named Ty Backer that runs TC Backer. And similar, similar idea, right? Like he, he says, Hey, when I hire an employee, I hire their entire family. Like I get to know their family and we bring their family into our family and we become, they become part of us and same idea, right? Like he said, like if I'm helping these people get to their goals, it's ultimately going to help me get to my goal. And so very similar approach. 
And they've yep. found a ton of success with it. And he has a fantastic uh, group of folks working for him. So, yeah. So very, very, very good. <laughs> very good insight, I think, for sure. We did a party. And and so our last company, our the owner of the company was Jehovah Witness. And so they couldn't celebrate parties and stuff like that. And so he would do like barbecues and stuff for the guys. Hey, appreciation barbecue or whatnot. But I'd always yeah. hear the guys, we want to do a Christmas party or something like that. And so, <laughs> We planned a little gathering at, at the office and one of the wives walked up to me and she goes, Joe, she goes, I, I just really, really want to thank you. My husband's been doing roofing for 20 plus years. And she goes, this is the first time in his life. And I could see like the tear rolling down her eyes. This is the first time in his life I've ever seen him happy coming home from work. Like he, he brags about it. He talks about it. And she goes, the, the way you treat the guys, they're going to take you far places. And she goes, I just want to thank you for taking care of my husband. And I'm sitting there uh, watery eyed too, pretty much like, <laughs> oh man, thank you. <laughs> that's just, yeah. that's, you know, I love it, man. It's awesome. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it sounds like you guys have built an incredible team there and that you guys got some big things on the horizon. I don't want to take hold of you up too long. You got a business to run, but I really appreciate you uh, taking the time this morning to chat with us and uh, talk a little bit about what you guys have going on and uh, wish you guys the best of luck here in 2024. As you know, yeah, man. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate it. Thanks everybody for listening in and we will uh, see you next time on the Roofer Report. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. Check us out next time on the Roofer Podcast. But until then, be sure to like us, subscribe to us, and check out all our other episodes on YouTube and Spotify.